LinkedIn presents. Welcome into another episode of Everything is Logistics, a podcast for the thinkers in freight. I'm your host, Blythe Brumley, and we are once again live on location in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I said the city name that right and country is very challenging. It is challenging. <laughs> Especially the thermostat. You know, going from Celsius to Fahrenheit, it's challenging for us uh, People Americans. People are like, it's nine degrees, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't have a coat. <laughs> I have the same exact reaction. So we are actually joined with Steve Burrows. He is the uh, your business owner for SBI Logistics. That's correct. Do you have an official business name, or are you a freight agent for SBI? We're freight agents. They call us Team Burrows. Nice. And uh, we're from Southwest Florida. So. And, and we were... Talking before we hit record, um, you have nine children. We have nine children and five grandchildren. And several of them work for your company. Four of our children and our and one of our, our daughter-in-law works for us, yes. And so it's a complete family affair. We only have family work for us. That's incredible. So how do you navigate, I guess, the challenges of working with family? Because most people, I mean, even the interview that we had before this said never work with family. So how do you, I it's guess, difficult. combat that? It's, it's difficult. You, you learn a lot of uh, humbling lessons along the way. My wife and I first started working together, and uh, we survived those first two years without killing each other or divorcing each other. And then we brought our oldest daughter on, and six months after that, we brought our oldest son on, and then it just sort of progressed from there. Um, Then our daughter-in-law joined us a couple of years later, and then finally uh, our fifth child, who is uh, a daughter, and then our sixth child has joined us. So, uh, you know, I guess everybody kind of looks at it all our children look at it, and they're they're kind of excited about the opportunity to join the family business, and um, and we love that. We love that. We we love sharing this business with our family, and and it does bring its own unique challenges because um, I'm I'm a little headstrong, and I've had to learn to to calmly uh, you know traverse the waters. And don't always do a good job of that, but but we try, and we always have to remember. And we've actually had meetings where I would stop everything and shut the phones off and say, "Guys, we love each other. I mean, we're family, and the business will not come ahead of the family because the minute that it does, I'll shut the business down." Hmm. And so it has just it's worked for us. I, I know it doesn't it won't work for a lot of people, but we kind of each have our own unique roles in the company, and and we've been very successful. So give folks, I guess, a little bit of an understanding. How long have you been in business? How did you get into freight? What's oh, your freight backstory? Well, my backstory is that I learned to drive a uh, stick shift when I was 14 years old in a 76 cab over Peterbilt. I, I grew up in North Alabama, and if you didn't know how to move a truck, you couldn't work unless you worked in the coal mines, and I was too young to do that. So I was shagging trailers when I was 14, 15 years old, and uh, I have a degree in um, industrial management. And uh, with an emphasis in logistics, I'm one of those those kind of odd birds. I've got, you know, I've worked on every side of the fence. I, I have a CDL. We own trucks. We've dispatched trucks. We've I've been a, a corporate manager, a corporate director of transportation for a steel company. Um, I've, you know, had 200 drivers working for me. I've owned, wow. you know, three trucks and had 17 leased on to me. So I've kind of sat on every side of the fence. I've had broker agents calling on me and now I call on them. And so it just, I think it gives us a unique perspective. Um, at, the, at my position when I was with the steel company, I had the opportunity to 
I had an unlimited budget in the transportation department. So I sent myself to every single school I could find oh, wow. and, you know, became an expert in the CSA scores and in, in inspections. And I actually am a level two accident investigator and uh, everything I could get a certificate for and learn, I did. So it, it really, it, it makes it unique for us to be in this industry because, you know, I just came from a session where people were asking questions about sales. Well, I could answer a lot of those questions because I was on that side of the, I was the guy they were trying to find. And so we, we, you know, I've always kind of been in the business and we bought our own truck. I was working for another steel company and uh, in 2000, I believe it was, and we couldn't find trucks. So we decided to buy one and we bought a truck and then we bought another truck. And then I left that business and we started just running trucks and built our business up and we we're doing very well. And then 2008 came along and the bottom dropped out of the trucking industry and overnight our business was gone. So I went to work for the steel company and I was with the steel company for about a year and same situation came along about 2010 or so. Uh, my boss came to her, 2009 maybe, our boss, my boss came to me and said, you know, could your wife Mary maybe broker some freight for us because we can't and I said, well, you know, that's, that's a conflict of interest, you know. And he said, I, I know that, but we need freight moved. I said, okay. And we started our business. And she started the business. And, you know, honestly, Blythe, we were in a position where, you know, we had just come through a really tough economic time. And money was not flowing. And the steel company paid me just enough to stay hungry. And she started the business. And the goal was $200 a week. $200 a week was life-altering for us. And here we are, you know, some 14 years later, uh, you know, within, in the top three of the company that, you know, SPI. And we've only been with SPI for going on three years. Oh, it's wow. our third year. And um, it has been a magnificent career, a magnificent business, and even more so now that we're, we're with SPI. So. And so you started that, the, the freight brokerage business. When did you get to the point when you knew that you could probably be doing more? And so you started searching for maybe freight agent partnerships or did you know about being a freight agent before you started your brokerage? We did, but we thought, you know, we, we needed to own trucks. Mm. We, we didn't trust brokers. Mm. And, you know, I mean, broker, the brokerage business was like the Wild West and, and you couldn't trust them. And, and you know they were, we had the we had the same we thought the same stereotypical things that that some truckers do now. Oh, you know freight brokers are just going to start to screw you and take the majority of the money. And we knew that when we started the business in two thousand nine, and you know three four years later I left the steel company and came home to join the freight brokerage because it had grown to a significant enough place where it was time where we we had to build someone else's dream by keeping the job or build our own dream by quitting and coming to the freight brokerage. But when we, when we started our business, we knew that we were going to do so with integrity and we were never going to lie, never, ever, ever going to lie to our customer or to a carrier. And, and I always tell the customer, I will tell you the truth. Even if it hurts me, I will tell you the truth, but I never go to my customers with a, with a problem that I don't have at least what I think might be an answer. And I never screw a driver. Never, ever, ever. I never lie to a driver. If, if the pickup time is at one o'clock and four o'clock is the only appointment I can get, I'll tell him, you're going to wait. You know, and there's not, and there, there may or may not be detention. Some, I've got some customers that won't pay detention at all. And, and I'm very honest and upfront, but I also pay my drivers very well. 
you know, there there are companies out there that they take big time advantage of the of the the driver and and they get caught keeping a huge amount of margin and and I just don't believe in that because those are the guys that are out there spending the night in the truck and buying fuel and you know buying tires and doing all those things and we run a lot of loads and our margins might not be as big as other other agents but um, we have guys that will I can just give them a pickup number. They don't even need a rate con because they know that once I get back to the office, I'll send a rate con and the load may already be delivered before they even get their rate con. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we've just made that our practice. We, we do everything with integrity. Uh, I talk to my family a lot about character and, and honor, and that's just how we just have chosen to run our business. And it sounds like with your experience on, on all different levels of within the freight industry or moving freight, that it almost is a selling advantage to the drivers, to the carriers, to the customers that keep coming back because you know and you empathize with what they're going through. Well, I do. And and then I'll have drivers that are maybe newish to us and they'll try to lie. Hmm. And I'll be, you know, that's not true. I got, I, I've been out there. I'm, I, you know it and I know it. So let's just skip this little lie here and let's go on to the real truth. And so that's that's what we do. How do they react when you say something like that to them? They're do like, they oh, immediately no. start telling? Oh yeah, they, you they, well they'll start trying to backpedal at first, and especially when it comes to repairs, hmm. be like, oh, you know, I blew an airbag, and and it's going to be you know a two day repair, and I'm like, oh no, it's not going to be a two day repair. It's a two hour repair. I used to run four repair shops that were open 24 hours a day. I know what the repair takes, <laughs> and if I don't know what the repair takes, my son in law is a diesel mechanic, and I'll call him and say, hey, what does this repair take? And he'll tell me. He'll say, well, do you want what it actually takes or do you want what the book says it takes? This episode is brought to you by SPI Logistics, the premier freight agent and logistics network in North America. Are you currently building your freight brokerage's book of business and feel that your capabilities are being limited due to lack of support and access to adequate technology? At SPI Logistics, we have the technology, the systems, and the back office support to help you succeed. If you're looking to take control of your financial future and build your own business with the backing of one of the most successful logistics firms in North America, visit SPI3PL.com to learn more. Why do, why, why do you think that, you know, in a situation like that, for example, why would a driver lie about something like that? They wanted to go home or they wanted to stop and see a girlfriend. Uh, they wanted to stop at the casino. And so they'll, you know, they'll tell you these stories and, and uh, maybe they overslept. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So it's almost like they're trying to cover their tracks. Or they're maybe, trying to you cover know. something that they've, that they've done. And, and that doesn't, and sometimes, you know, it, things happen sure. and I know that, but when you try to lie your way out of it, I would much rather you just say, Hey man, I overslept or Hey, drove by a casino and just had to stop. So it's like a, a so it almost like you're you're having this internal culture of just trust and authenticity. I mean, That's it. we throw a lot of those words around. I think in every day in business, but it sounds like you guys are really. That, that's your pride and joy, and it that's is. what you operate from. It, it is. It is our pride and joy. And then we're honest. We're always honest and, and upfront with, the, with each other. So that, and I think I think having the fact that we're all family, we're all related, that that you know helps with that too. So when you were exploring, you know, different freight agent possibilities, did you go out and explore these opportunities? Did you try to test the waters with a, you know, a few other freight agent programs or? I, I didn't. Uh, I was with a company and I, I had chosen this company because I had actually leased towards the end of the trucking, you know, when, when 08 and 09 came along and things were just bad. 
there was a company that, that I knew, and I'm not going to say their name, but it was a good company at the time. And uh, I had leased my trucks on to them just towards that last ditch effort, trying to save some dollars and keep my guys driving. And, and, um, and I remembered them. So I had called, I called them and got my wife set up, Mary, with them to be a broker for them. And, um, you know, there was a real good guy that taught us a lot, of, taught her a lot about brokerage and kind of helped her through that. And uh, we were with them for a long time, but we, we kind of became big agents with them. Uh, we had invested a lot of our own money in our own technology, and that made our jobs a lot easier and a lot faster. And they, they got sold by another, to another company. And at first, they, they were all about it, and they turned out to be kind of bad actors. And everything we would ask, they would say no. And it was kind of interesting how I ran into Mike McCulloch um, at a conference for one of my big shippers and just kind of run into him. And I'm with the vice president of the company I was with and ran into Mike and, uh, you know, we met. And I had left because I had some work to do. And the vice president looked at Mike and says, I know why you're here. You won't get him. And so Mike said, oh, well, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just here to meet people. Okay. And, but, but I just really liked Mike. And um, I uh, stayed in touch with Mike. Mike stayed in touch with me. And then come to find out the president of SPI was the president at the company that I was with or had been the president of the company I was with. And I remembered, you know, that the business was, was ran a lot better then. And it was, it was run with integrity and, and honor and dignity. And, and then Mike told Joe that he had met me. And then they both kind of started calling, you know, no pressure. And, and Mike even said, Hey, there's no pressure. If I'm in, if I'm in Florida, you want to go play golf? I said, yeah, let's go play golf. And, and we never did get to play golf, but I finally came to a point with my, my company where saying no got too easy for them. And, you know, we already had some of our children working for us at the time and, and we were stagnant. We couldn't grow because they wouldn't, they wouldn't allow us to grow. They wouldn't, they wouldn't, work with our technology. They would tell us, oh, this won't work. I'm like, well, I've had it for seven years. It works. And uh, finally, I called Mike up and I said, you know what? I'm ready to talk. And um, they start, we started the, the switch process, the onboarding. And, and my other company, they were very angry with us. And, you know, Joe never wavered. And they threatened, they, they threatened to sue us and they threatened to do all these things. And, and the SPI's attorneys said, oh, they have no leg to stand on. And, I'm, and so Joe actually flew to Florida, he and his wife, and they spent three and a half weeks in Florida helping us on board. Wow. And, I mean, walked us through and helped us. And, and it's just, you know, you, 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 and I never looked at another company. Hmm. So, so the, answer, the long answer to your short question is no, I never looked at another company. You know, we're, we're a very successful agency. And we do get a lot of phone calls and a lot of people reach out to us on LinkedIn and they, they Hey, would you be interested in talking? And, and, you know, and I always say, Hey, thank you for the, you know, for calling. Thanks for thinking about us, but we're very happy where we're at. You know, I'm not nasty to them because they're just doing their job. Sure. And so, uh, but no, we never, we never explored other opportunities. We came to SPI and, and looked at and saw, you know, liked what we saw and, and we, we actually onboarded in a very odd time because it was COVID. And, oh, wow. Yeah, it was three years ago, and you so, said. And so, the, you know, the first time I had saw Joe, he, he came to see us and he had his mask on. And, you know, we're South Florida, you know, trucking. Florida's a different breed. We're a different breed. 
South Florida trucking cowboys, you know, and I said, yeah, you don't, you wear that mask for you. You don't wear it for me. I, we don't, we don't do the masks here. And, um, and, you know, and he has stuck with us through it all. And, and, you know, we, we went to the first rendezvous, our first rendezvous last year was, you know, which was in Orlando, which, you know, usually you want to travel and see stuff. When you live in South Florida, no offense against Orlando, but been there. And, uh, Probably a million times you've million been there. A million times, but, you know, it's just, it, it's been a great move for us. And I think that um, we found everything that we were looking for and a lot of things we didn't know we were looking for in SPI. What were some of those things? Because you, you mentioned you, you, have, you, you had your own tech stack, and so you begin the onboarding process. Did you get to keep your tech, or did you, you know, find we, that it was beneficial to we, switch? We have kept our technology. Hmm. And, and, but, uh, Joe and, and Mitch and Eze, they kind of got together and they dovetailed our technology into, uh, SPI's technology. And then they helped us tweak it and make ours better and faster. And, um, and so it, it has dovetailed in real nice. And with the new things that are coming out, uh, you know, we, we, our business has been at a place where we can't grow anymore. And, um, because of our, because there are some some areas of lack, and we have just learned this weekend that you know there are some things available to us that are, that that are going to allow us to grow again, and so we're very excited about what they're doing. And they just they gave us these technologies. They they, they didn't say no. They said let's let's figure it out. I was about to say that it sounds like they're they they want to work with you so much so that they're willing to make some custom software they, they that are. fits within your processes that you they already are. have. And you know, when we, we brought a big book of business that we have exploded since we came, came to SPI, but our business model is different than, I know that in one of your previous podcasts, you talked with uh, Warren from Kansas City, a good friend of mine. Uh, his business model is different than mine. And I don't know how his business model works, but you know, SPI has tailored our needs into the program. So, and we'll ask for something and and I'll say, Hey, this will make our lives better. This will make our business faster. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. And and they do. And so that has made all the difference in in our business. So we've talked a little bit about the technology side of things, you know, just from the, uh, the, the integrity part of the business. What about the sales part of the business? You you mentioned you're, you're, you're growing like crazy Mm -hmm. and you want to grow even more. Yes. How are you, are you cold calling, cold emailing, or is it just based on referrals? We do most of our, our growth on referrals. We, we have found that to work better for us. And, um, you know, Mike, we're going to a conference here in a couple of weeks and I'm bringing everyone uh, because the, my, my big shipper has multiple locations and each location handles their own business. And so uh, myself and Mary and Mike and Joe and Mark Funk from the company, the procurement, uh, carrier procurement director, they're all going to meet us at this conference and we are going to, you know, talk to all the players. And, you know, a lot of these people I've known for a long, long time. And they will they will refer us. They'll give us leads. They'll tell us, "Hey, go talk to that guy because his his business will meet will fit your model." And so we don't waste a lot of time. Um, and you, as far as cold calling, we we don't really cold call a lot. And and I, I just mentioned I just came out of the sales meeting here at the breakout session, and one of the things that I shared with the groom is the best way in my mind to to procure new business is I will call the receiver, and I'll just say. You know, I'll talk to the person, maybe the shipping manager on the floor, and I'll say, hey, I got a guy coming in, and I'm desperately needing a reload. 
can you help me? Can you reload this guy? And he'll say, well, I, I'm not really in charge of that, but hey, you can call Bob and tell Bob that I sent you. And I'll say, well, what's Bob's extension and can you transfer me? And then I'll, and then then he'll transfer me in. And this Bob speaking, you know, hey Bob, you know, Mark on the floor told me to give you a call. I got a guy coming in, and he needs a reload. Well, I don't really have anything, but I might have something tomorrow. Well, hey, I got a guy coming in tomorrow. Even if I don't, I've got my leg in now with Bob. And so that way, I kind of get around the gatekeeper, and and you know, that's where we've been. And we're very fortunate because we've been very successful in our business. And I haven't had to. We haven't. You know, we've been so busy that we honestly. I could have business that I don't go after because I would not fairly represent that business because we are so busy and we're such we've had we're so much at our capacity. So um, I don't take business just because I can get it. Hmm. If I can't service it cor- correctly and properly, then I'm not going to take it. It's a good motto to have. Now, now with you mentioned a little bit about the technology that's coming down the pipeline. How do you think that technology is going to help you almost? I guess, give extra hands to the people you already have. Well, I think what it's going to do is it's going to weed out the bad actors and the double brokers and the triple brokers. And I'm not going to have to work as hard to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's going to be a time saver. Uh, you know, we've got situations where I've got some carriers that, that haul load after load after load after load for me to the point that we become friends. And now they can just go to the board and I can have an internal board and send it to them and they can just book themselves on it oh, wow. and get the information and then I can finish it up, you know, tomorrow, later, in an hour. And, you know, I send a message say, hey, Solly took this load, I'll get to you. And so it just, it, it's taken some of, the, some of the, the, the tedious work off of our process and it'll allow us to go get more customers or pick up, just get more loads for the customers that I've got. Mm-hmm. Because we do leave loads on the table. We, we just, as a, as a group, we like, hey, we can't take any more for a minute. Let's just wait. Do you wish there was a central place to pull in all of your social media posts, recruit employees, and give potential customers a glimpse into how you operate your business? Well, all of this should already be on your website. But too often, we hand that responsibility of building our online home off to a cousin, a neighbor's kid down the street, or a stranger across the world. Digital Dispatch believes in building a better website at a fraction of the cost that those big-time marketing agencies would charge. Because we've spent years on those digital front lines, our experienced team focuses on the modern web technologies to bring in all of the places you're already active online, show off those customer success stories, and measure the ROI of it all in one place. With managed website plans starting at $90 a month, head on over to digitaldispatch.io to see how we can build your digital ecosystem on a strong foundation. We've got explainer videos right on the website and the ability to book a demo immediately. Find it all over at digitaldispatch.io. What does, I guess, the evolution of your business look like outside of technology? It sounds like you have everything pretty much worked out. Like, What does growth look like to you? Except for well, more loads, maybe. <laughs> well, I have more kids. <laughs> I don't know if we mentioned this during the recorded uh, conversation, but you, you, or you said you had nine. We have nine children. Nine children and five? Grand- five grandchildren. Gr- grandchildren. We are, we are what, what does growth look like for us? I mean, we realize there's a point where, you know, we're not going to grow anymore. Mm-hmm. We're not there. No more family. <laughs> no, you probably have more grandkids. Have more <laughs> ga- our, our, our intention and our hope is that we continue to grow this business and 
and we, we have something to hand to our children and to our grandchildren and to let them continue to grow, their, to grow the business and that it will provide you know, a wonderful lifestyle opportunity for generations to come. I love as that. long as they want it. You know, we, we got some that may not want it, but, I, but right now, you know, we do have, I mean, I, I have people a lot of times call me and ask me for jobs. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm really honest. I'm like, well, you're married already. And if you're not willing to marry my daughter or, <laughs> or marry my man, you know, I'm sorry, can't help you out there. And so that's, um, that's just kind of, we, we just, we just don't go outside of the family. Hmm. And it's an interesting model, and it, and it doesn't work for a lot of people, but it, it just it works for us. I, I imagine there's an almost an extra, like you, you already have a, a crazy amount of trust established, it sounds like, yes. but now there's an extra layer of trust that maybe is your competitive advantage. It is our competitive advantage. Now, I'll tell you why we do it like this, because there is a backstory to that. Um, about 10 years ago, we were talking with a lady, and she was what I call a kitchen table broker, and she literally built her business sitting at the kitchen table and she was by herself for 20 years and she built up a nice little income you know right at six figure income and but but she had never been on a vacation in 20 years this woman had never been on a vacation so she hired her nephew brought her nephew into the kitchen table sat him down taught him the business from top to bottom you know he was her extension he was everything and she taught him everything and then she went on vacation. Two weeks later, two weeks in Europe, fabulous time, came home, nephew was gone, business was gone, customer was gone, computers were gone, and she started over. And I mean, she was probably in her late 50s, early 60s, and it's just a, I know that there are people, even in this conference, there are very good friends of mine at this conference that have very successful businesses, and they have outsiders that work for them. We just don't. We just don't. So. How do you, I, I, I don't even know, like, how would you protect yourself? I, like, after. And, and see, that's the question. I, how do you start over and how do you protect yourself and how do you how trust do you anybody again? How do you avoid that? Yeah, and I don't know how you avoid hmm. that. I mean, you know, could we, could we grow if we hired someone outside? Maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it's just something that, that it just doesn't interest us. Hmm. So we just, we enjoy doing this together too much. It's, it's I mean, it, honestly, it sounds like out of all of the, I've, I've done a lot of these interviews, but it sounds like you, you really have it all figured out. Like you've worked all aspects of the industry. Now you have a really great internal business structure. It's growing like crazy. Yeah. You have a great partner with SBI. A fabulous partner. And what, what, what else do you want out of life? Like um, Harley Davidson. No. <laughs> Custom boots. Custom, I don't know if y'all can see this on, on the video right now, but he has some very great looking boots and they are Cayman and they were custom made. Custom for you? made, yes. Very nice. Thank you. And Thank you. From Florida. So from extra Florida. bonus points. That's too right. For bonus, that. Extra bonus. <laughs> we, you know, we just, we just want to make sure that our family has a good lifestyle and, and that they enjoy. We, we want them to want to come to work. We don't all work in the same office. Um, but one of the things that I've been very adamant about is that. I want our customers and our carriers to feel like they're talking to a big corporation. And uh, I never want to be thought of as a kitchen table broker. Again, nothing wrong with being a kitchen table broker. But I think that when you talk to a carrier and you hear the screen door slamming and you hear the dogs yipping in the background and the kids crying and the television going, 
to me, that's not somebody that is a major player and they don't want to be a major player and that's fine, but it doesn't work for us. Um, we, we do have a, a designated office in our home. Our, car- our carriers don't know it. Customers don't know it. I mean, and when we leave our office, we can close it. It's a big office. We can, li- we can close the door. But, you know, I have my son that works for us. He lives in Fort Lauderdale. We live in Venice, Florida. My son lives in Fort Lauderdale. One of my daughters uh, lives in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, and she works for us. My daughter-in-law lives in Fayetteville, North Carolina. She works for us. And so we are on, and then my, my other two work, my daughter and son, they work in our office for now. Um, but uh, we are on Zoom all day long. So we, in, in the main office, um, Mark Funk came and spent about a week with us learning our business when he first came to the company. And what an amazing addition to our, our company. But the biggest problem that we had at that time was how do we communicate with each other? So he came up with the idea because of his background and we have a big speaker, microphone speaker, that literally sits in the middle of our office and hooks up to one of the computers. So all of our computers are muted except for one, and we can see each other and we can talk to each other and hear each wow. other all day long. And so we all work on every load together. Everybody has got their own little, you know, one, one person's working on pricing loads and one person's working on tracking loads and, you know, delivering loads and, and, and not picked up loads. and. So we all kind of have our own little area of, of knowledge and expertise that we, but we, we all work on the same loads together, and it's just worked out wonderfully. I have not heard of that yet. It's almost like it, putting the speaker in the middle, so everybody, it's still you're mimicking the in office of like a brokerage floor, right? But at home, at home, that's right. I, I mean, honestly, it sounds like you have everything figured. Is there is there something that you want to learn more about this industry that you haven't already? <laughs> yeah, how how I can take more time off. <laughs> Um, you, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm 53 years old and, and, you know, I, we're, we're at a place where we are hoping to grow enough to where, um, we are wanting to, to, you know, back away from the business just a little bit and let, let our children and our, and our, our in-laws and I say in-laws, but I mean, she's our kid too. And, and let them sort of step up and sort of, you know, assume, assume a little more, you know, responsibility and things like that. And. And just, you know, kind of see where they can take it because they're, they're the they're the young generation. I mean, I'm the I'm the Burt Reynolds smoking the bandit generation, you know, and um, and so I, I'm I'm really looking forward. And I and you know, you you spoke today at our conference about about uh, branding and things, and that's something we have not really done a good job of. And I and I saw, you know, we were sitting in in your meeting, and I, I picked up my phone and I'm and I'm texting, and I'm sorry that I was texting. I hope you didn't see me, no. but <laughs> I was texting everybody. I'm like, do we need to hire someone to take care of our LinkedIn page? Um, and so, you know, that's just something that we, uh, we have really not gone down that road yet. But I do know that, you know, it, and I'm not the older generation, I'm not the younger generation, I'm sort of that middle generation where, you know, for me, um, the LinkedIn and the social media, and I still think you pick up a phone call and you go talk to people, but the people that are now becoming the button pushers and the gatekeepers, they're all younger and they're all, they're part of this social media generation. And, and I recognize that. And, and I recognize that, that our role is, is changing, you know. And, um, and so I think that we're, we're upping our technology with SPI. And I think we're going to look into our, our branding and our social media uh, presence to move forward to the future. And that's the beautiful thing about SPI is they're, they're always kind of trying to stay on the front end of technology and, and the trend. And we have done that as well with our, with our technology. Now, like I say, the social media presence 
Who would have thought that it was going to be what it is now? I never would have. I, I figured, ah, Facebook, pff, it'll never last. You know, and here it is. And uh, it's, it's part of our daily lives. And so, um, of course, now I'll probably pick up my phone later and say, why you question Facebook on Google? You know, I'm like, whoa, that's okay. That's scary. But um, uh, yeah, I think that we're, we're just trying to prepare into the future because we want to make sure that our, our kids, um, they have something to call their own in years to come. And we talk about this quite often, uh, you know, that things are changing and the strength of, uh, of our business has always been that we have, we have sat on every side of the fence and we have the knowledge. We don't get excited about little ripples in, in the economy and little ripples in the business. We just, we are very equipped to pivot with the business. And, and we do that quite well. And it's something that we, we have always done quite well. And, um, and I know that SPI has got, you know, right now, you know, the market's a little depressed and a little, you know, they're, they're, they throw that recession word around a lot. And, and yet SPI is outperforming a lot of much, much, much bigger carriers. And uh, I also know that we're preparing for the future. And, and so that forethought that, that the company has, has in mind is, is similar to what we have in mind. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's, how we are, that's how we are looking into the future of our business. I think that's a perfect place to end the conversation. Very well said and very well spoken. I think you have a great story. If I were to offer any kind of piece of advice, I would say post from your personal LinkedIn or your wife's personal LinkedIn because you guys have a very powerful story to tell working on all different sides of the business. And I think that that could go so far in a digital space where people are craving folks just like you and the perspective from folks just like you who are honest and trustworthy and authentic and you know all the buzzwords that you hear from a business perspective you guys are are living and breathing it so. well i'll just i'll just put your this podcast on my my linkedin page and it'll thank explode you. and it'll all be your fault <laughs> well that's a good thing thank you and, and, then, and then and then you know i, I was i've always people say well, what do you want and i'm like well you know I'm, we're kind of at a place in, in our lives where i would love it for my wife to look up at me on a thursday morning and say you know what, let's not work today. Let's go to Key West. I'll be like, hell yeah, let's go to Key West. <laughs> that's the dream. That's I think that's the, everybody's that's working I, towards that dream. That's right. That's right. Steve, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Blythe. Appreciate Lovely to it. meet you. Lovely thank to you. meet you as well. This is awesome. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Everything is Logistics, a podcast for the thinkers and freight telling the stories behind how your favorite stuff and people get from point A to B. If you liked this episode, do me a favor and sign up for our newsletter. I know what you're probably thinking, oh God, another newsletter. But it's the easiest way to stay updated when new episodes are released. Plus, we drop a lot of gems in that email to help the one-person marketing team and folks like yourself who are probably wearing a lot of hats at work in order to help you navigate this digital world a little bit easier. You can find that email sign-up link along with our socials and past episodes over at everythingislogistics.com. And until next time, I'm Blythe and go Jags.